Sorry for the technical difficulty there, uh, Bears fans. Uh, we're back. Uh, we're back on the air. Yeah, Mike was just talking about how, by God, the Bears better beat the Packers Week One. So I'll, I'll let him. Finish. Hallelujah! I'll let him finish oh, that yeah. thought. Well, it's just you know, Week One, like I was saying, it's a it's a really significant moment. It seems like it's turning the Bears' way, and I don't know about you guys, but it seems like whenever there's a major Bears Packers game, it very rarely goes the Bears' way. Whether it's you know the NFC Championship, whether it's you know to get into the playoff with Chris Conte blowing coverage, it's you know. And I, in this one, I truly feel that we have the upper hand. And so that's the expectation is we need to beat the Packers week one, no matter what. Like, that has to happen. Um, and then in terms of overall success, I mean, this team has, you know, potential. I would say, like, six wins is kind of the basement. Uh, but it has the potential to be, you know, a 9-10 win team, too. It's just whether, you know, Fields takes the right steps. And by all accounts, it seems like he will. Um, so if that happens, there's the sky's the limit. Um, I think the defense does put a solid ceiling on us because we do still have those questions at you know corner and D line. So I would say anywhere from six to ten wins would be uh, an improvement. That that Packers yeah. game feels like it's like four games. Like yeah, the Bears lose that The under or overreaction to that after a win or loss on Chicago sports radio, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. If we win, the Bears are going to the Super Bowl, and no one else is going to stop us. If we lose, fire everyone. It's going to be there's no in between uh, after that game. I think that's me every game though, so that it doesn't true. matter. That is true. Like yeah, whoever's doing the post game show now isn't it Manley and whoever it is. That's going to be must listen radio. It's going to make me make me really long for the days of Doug Buffon, but. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to be at a wedding that day watching on my phone from the pews. And I just hope that, you know, does anyone have any objections? And then someone throws an interception, I'm like, no! (laughs) And uh, we're hopefully going to avoid that. But I think in terms of overall expectations, I think we're going to be in the graphic the last couple weeks of the season. I think we're going to be on the graphic for the playoffs, you know, in the proverbial hunt. And I think that we'll be, like Mike says, between that 6 and 10 by the end of it. But I think call it the last three to four weeks of the season, I think we will be around 500. And uh, I think it'll be really exciting to see how things end up. And seven wins might get you in, in the NFC. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the NFC is bad. Yeah. It's I mean, bad. It, it, what has <laughs> to happen? Not only the NFC, but the division there's, I mean, you got the lions, but it's the same old lions, you know, Yeah, they're definitely on the up in terms of after this, even like, even after looking on from 2023 onward, like, if Fields makes the next steps, we have the best quarterback in the division. Like, Jared Goff doesn't scare me. Um, Kirk Cousins doesn't scare me. Jordan Love, I'll come out and say Jordan Love stinks uh, right now. So he's not the answer. Um, so the Packers are in trouble because they have cap. Both the Packers and Vikings are in cap space hell. Um, it's like this year is definitely a turning point that if the Bears do the right things, it could be we could be talking about a really big, uh, step moving forward and potentially playoffs if, if we can just fend off the Lions. But yeah, my- I'd say it's doable. I mean, the Lions are the Lions. Like you said, they're they're not a historically successful franchise. Even when they're good, they're bad. And, you know, I mean, I, I think the NFC North is the new NFC South. <laughs> or a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just – my expectation for this offense is that they're going to be really good. And they might not be. It might be terrible. I don't know, but – I, I think there's enough talent here, and I, I'm a believer in the quarterback that 
I'm expecting this offense to be to be good, and if it's good, then I, I think you got a chance in pretty much every game you're going to play in the NFC. AFC, different story. AFC is a far stronger conference, but if this offense can put up points and the defense is anything better than what it was last year, I, I think that there's just enough bad quarterbacks and enough bad offenses on this schedule that the Bears are going to be able to hang around and win some games, so... I don't know. I'm not saying that they're going to be a 10-win team. That might be a little bit optimistic, but I think 8-9, and I think 8 or 9 gets you in the hunt, like Mitch said. I mean, that's certainly in the graphic, right? So that that's kind of where I'm expecting this to, to be. And if it crashes and burns, then it wouldn't be the first time. So ESPN uh, today put out um, the new uh, uh, FPI, Football Power Index, uh, their algorithm for uh, making determinations on how good the team is and strength of schedule, things like that. Uh, right now, they're showing uh, the Bears' projected win-loss, 7.8 wins to 9.2 losses, which, you know, that's kind of what we're discussing here. Um, playoff percentage, 34.2. I'll take those odds. Yeah, I think that I think that sounds right. Yeah. Uh winning the division percentage, fifteen point nine. I would have thought the playoffs in that would be more aligned. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a wild card spot. I think the only real way to the playoffs for the Bears is really through a division win. I well, if you remember, there's if, the, uh, uh, the extra playoff spot. Remember, we made the playoffs Oh, you're right. There is, an, there is an extra spot. That team was uh, not great in 2020 with uh, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, we got spanked by the Saints, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Walk-off touchdown. Oh, God. Yes. Um, but in another thing that's actually kind of a positive with Bears fans is the Bears have a, a lot of primetime games, if you look at that schedule. Like, I think it's four or five, so... The NFL is betting on Justin Fields making those next steps just as much as we are. And he showed it last year. You said it like it's it's electric. Uh, I text. I literally remember texting my brother. You know, we can count on Fields making a 70 yard run every game. <laughs> and then as I sent that message, he busts off a 60 yard run against the Packers for a touchdown. <laughs> so it's it, like that is in just the hopefully he doesn't have to do that as much this year um, so that he has more longevity towards the end of the year. But if the NFL is definitely betting on them to be exciting, so that is good news, not only with the Vegas betting ads, because it feels like Vegas always knows something. I think the over-under is seven and a half as well. I don't buy into the ads that, you know, mobile quarterbacks always get hurt. I think dumb quarterbacks get hurt, mm-hmm. right? And so, I mean, if you look at Pat Mahomes, if you look at Josh Allen, those guys are mobile quarterbacks, and they don't get hurt, and they last them in the playoffs because they're smart. I think the guys that get hurt a lot of the guys that make bad decisions. I mean, look at Carson Wentz. It's a great example. That guy's not super athletic, but he got hurt all the freaking time because yeah. he made bad choices. And so I think Justin Fields is one of those guys that's a good decision maker. I think he has the ability to stay healthy. And what we've seen over his career is he's tough as nails. I mean, what, he plays in a championship with two broken ribs? On the, on the on this throwing side? I mean, that, that takes balls. And, you know, I think he's got them. He's, he might even have three. <laughs> I mean, the NFL should be promoting Justin Fields because if he's a great quarterback, then the amount of buzz around that player in Chicago will surpass pretty much anything we've ever seen. He he would be four or five times bigger than Brian Urlacher. He would be bigger than Devin Hester. 
he would be bigger than anybody I could think of in Chicago sports history. I wasn't around for the 85 Bears, but it would be a national and local storyline, like like nothing that we've seen in the last two, three decades. So I think it's great the NFL is promoting him. I mean, the Bears had, what, like two primetime games last year? And I think everybody had to ha- everybody had to have one. So you, you, <laughs> yeah. you just you just give them yeah the, the pity game. You give them the second one because it's Chicago and people are still going to watch. But yeah, I think that it's great to see that the NFL has more expectations for the Bears, and I, I just really think that this offense has legit potential. So that that's what I'm ho- hanging my hat on, at least for the time being, as we sit here in May. So I mean, all this all this city needs is a, is a taste, you know. I mean, me and Mike live here. We 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 lived in Chicago during that 2018 season, and in this whole town was nuts. I mean, it was. I mean, every game, even the day before the game, people were wearing jerseys downtown. I mean, all of the building downtown lights were lit up just for Monday night football. Mm-hmm. You know, like the downtown over at Grand Park were saying, you know, bear down. I mean, it's like we're we're in the Super Bowl, and it's like a Week 15 game against the Vikings. I mean, who gives a shit? And this city is so ready for a winner. I think I don't think they're going to be able to handle it. I think you're going to have riots in the street by the 12th week of the season if this thing goes well. So I did want to uh, uh, go back to this real quick. So uh, making a the division playoff game is 15.1%. Uh, making the conference championship game Five point seven percent, making the Super Bowl two point one. Better than I would have thought. That's, uh, I mean, that's just free money right there, if you ask me. But <laughs> and then winning the Super Bowl, drum roll, please, zero point six. I wish there was a way to like bet the other side of that. There is no way. That they're winning the Super Bowl. Zero point zero. I think you'd have to mortgage your house to win ten bucks. So this chart uh, has the Eagles as the number one team to win the Super Bowl at thirteen point nine, in front of the Chiefs at twelve point nine, and the number three team is the Niners at eleven point two. Now Jim and I were talking about this. The one thing that doesn't seem to get a lot of talk right now is what are the Niners doing exactly at quarterback? They're just assuming Purdy is going to be healthy to go play the regular. I I don't understand that. It's like, did I miss an article or something? That's just a function of the fact that the NFC is terrible. It must be. There's like two or three teams that could realistically come out of the NFC, and there's what, like eight in the AFC? I mean, that's just the fact that. Well, you just look at quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, you got Jalen Hurts, Matt Stafford. I mean, is it crazy to think? Stafford is going to suck this year. I mean, I wouldn't put Dak out of fields. No way. Dak's just on no. our team. Yeah, I mean, Dak is definitely not part of the elite elite. Um, so, yeah, if you look at quarterbacks in the NFC versus AFC, that's just one way. I mean, the other one you got, you know, Herbert, Mahomes, uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, Burrow. Uh, Joe, Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Just unbelievable talents all around versus the NFC. It's pretty wide open. Well, we were talking about that yeah. when, when we went through the schedule. It's like the Bears have like four top ten quarterbacks on their schedule, and it's like the four AFC teams. 
that they play. It's yeah. Mahomes, <laughs> Herbert, Watson, probably. Maybe it was three. But the the difference between the two leagues is, is staggering at that position. I mean, you could say Geno Smith's the second best quarterback in the NFC, and it's just not a yeah. very not a very good conference for whatever reason in terms of quarterback and. That's why, I mean, the Bears, they have a chance. They're not going to win the conference, but that's why I still think they have a chance to be hanging around for a playoff spot, even though I don't even really think they're that great of a team. I just think that if the offense really clicks, then who's a better offense besides the Eagles? Well, I think you want that, too. I think that's a great goal to have because I think you carry that momentum into the next year. And I think free agents look at that and say, hey, this is a team that we have a lot of good buzz around, and we also have seen them succeed. We see that they're, you know, they're being competitive, and maybe I can be that last piece at defensive end or whatever other position. I think next year we're probably going to be looking at centers, tight ends, and defensive ends, right? In terms of our gaps, big gaps to fill. You know, if you look at the free agent market, what it's going to look like next year. The more success we have this year, the more attractive we're going to look as a team. And so I think there there is a little bit of importance on wins. Yeah, I agree. But I think um, in general, I've talked several times about that. That, you know, just this offseason was one of the first ones, at least in my recent memory, that we've been an attractive team to come play for. And that's pretty much because of number one. Yeah. And because the Bears have been so terrible, there hasn't been as much of an emphasis on just what a great sports town it is and what it means to be a winner in Chicago. I think if you can get some of that buzz back and... I can't blame anybody for not wanting to come play for the Bears for the last 10 years, but if you get back to a successful program and you've got a great quarterback, I mean, I think the sky's kind of the limit for for how this team can be built over the next several years. So uh, the worst team on this graphic is the... Texans? Nope. No, I'm going to guess the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Cardinals. With a projected win total of 5.7 to 11.2. So, uh... They're in position 1A for the first overall pick of the draft. That's worse than Chicago last year. (laughs) So, um, you know, what is the... What what is the latest on Kyler Murray? I've heard maybe he might come back in the middle of the season. I heard, yeah, he's going to miss the beginning of it, and it's not like it, it, it wouldn't be pretty. Like, he, he has, I mean, sounds like DeAndre Hopkins is out the door. I mean, I guess, yeah, going back to the discussion we had, do the Bears get him? Like, that would be probably the only one where if you can get him for cheap, go ahead. But, like, a fourth rounder, like a uh, Robert Quinn deal. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Him for but, play uh, cool. That'd be a heck of a wide receiver room. DJ Moore going down the field. But it sounds like Hopkins isn't going to play for him this year. They, I don't, I couldn't name another Cardinal other than him. <laughs> for Rondell Moore, maybe at Wyoming. Buda Baker. Buda Baker. That's just a, a, a franchise in tatters. I mean, we've seen it as Bears fans many times over. Yeah. And I know what that looks like. I'm very familiar with what that looks like. And that team is in really bad shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, as bad as... I mean, they're Mark Trussman bad. Yeah, or, <laughs> or final year of Ryan Pace where you're, like, signing Jason Peters off the fishing boat, right? Like, <laughs> I Honestly, like, what the Cardinals should do is lose every game. Like, they should be trying to lose because then they have the first overall pick, they've got the Texans pick, which is probably a top-ten pick, and then you can trade Kyler Murray for a bunch of draft picks. So, 
if I if I start. if I were them, I would be telling Kyler Murray, "Look, you're you're not in our plans." Because if they start one and seven, why are you bringing him back? What yeah, what's the point? what purpose is there to and why would he want to come back and play for that? That he didn't want to play for them when they were a good team. Yeah, he wants to sit at home and play video games. He wants to sit on Xbox and, you know, put the... Hey, 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 don't knock that now. <laughs> hey, you know what? If I was making $30 million bucks a year, I would want to play Xbox, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the That's the Cardinals have, uh, to quote Dean Wormer, <laughs> great point average... Zero point zero. <laughs> yeah, their yeah, their draft wasn't great either. I mean, it wasn't as laughable as the Lions draft. I I, I legitimately laughed out loud when they picked that running back. Uh, I, I couldn't stop laughing actually because they already signed David Montgomery, but they still had Swift on the roster, and then they spent what was it like the twelfth overall pick on a running back. I'm like, oh my god, these people. I mean, B. John Robinson wasn't even supposed to go that high. And they yeah. drafted whatever, you know, schmuck on their Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what is even happening over in Detroit? And then and, to uh, follow it up, they get Jack Campbell out of Iowa. And it's just like you get two of the least valuable positions. Yeah. And they're, I mean, and they're, and they're just dumping money and draft capital into it. And it's hilarious. How many, how many running backs are you going to have on the field at one time? Well, all I know double, is double that Jim offense. immediately looked at me and said, I'm just glad they didn't get Jalen Carter. So yeah, that, that that's what my thinking was, too. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a problem. But it, it's still... Dan really Hutchinson would have been just a nightmare for years, and then we would have actually looked at it like, all right, thank God we got Darnell right. Well, thank God to Jalen Carter, too, that he didn't have with the Lions because his career would have been over in probably three years. <laughs> That's what I said about Bijan. I was like, the fact that he went to the Falcons just means that I don't have to care about him. Like, the, the, no. fa- the fact that this is a team that never realizes their potential. <laughs> he went to the Red Stallions. And, and believe me, I, I, I acknowledge that as Bears fans, we shouldn't be throwing stones at anybody, but there's just certain franchises where someone goes there and you're just like, all right, well, that's that. Goodbye. Oh man. All right. Well, I guess any any parting thoughts from Mitch, Mike? It's fun having you guys on. Uh, yeah, great it, to be on. Bear down. That's all I it's got. great to be on, and it's it's finally an exciting time where it seems like we have a plan in place. And whether it might not be this year, but if we make if we do the right things, it seems like we have a, we have very good track in um, going the right way. So. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, we, you know, Ed Rusher is certainly a, a focal point as far as uh, you know. It, it definitely is the the key key piece for upgrade. Um, but that's what we can look for next year. And Polls actually said it himself. You know, we're, he's like we're 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 putting pieces in place as they come available. And he has two first round picks next year. So, um, oh, in this. Uh, it said that in the same uh, post, it said the Bears have a 4% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Yeah. Hey, the Panthers could really stink this year. Yeah. yeah does, it include, does it include that? Yeah. It does. That's actually not the Bears pick. That's the Panthers pick. They uh, had yeah. it ranked at number 10. Um, Got it. The uh, Cardinals. Wait, really? So that way, they're saying that the Bears have that good of a chance of being the number one. The Bears. They don't. They don't know just with they the Panthers' picks. 
They don't know Josh no, Allen. No, no, no. He's so, saying that the Panthers pick has a 4% chance of being number oh, one. God. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, the way the Bears get the first overall pick is if Fields gets hurt, which let's not, yeah. let's not even mention that. Yeah. Don't <laughs> say that. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. We're going to be good. He's Iron Man. He'll be all right. He yeah. can play hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, that, that's one thing that I'm, like, not fully ready for is, like, having to care about what happens in every Carolina Panthers game. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'll just bet on the Panthers every game, and they'll lose no, every game. True. So I'll yeah. just do that. It's <laughs> a good call. Like, got, like, having to, like, actually, like, care about what's going to be happening when the Panthers play, like, the Falcons in Week 12, like, Ugh, it's gonna be. That's gonna be. Uh, you say that, but I'm pretty sure every Bears fan was on their seat when it was the Colts versus the Texans end of the year. I mean, that was an election. We were. We, so, yeah, but, but that 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 was one game though. That was Man, one game. Oh, like the like the, we're gonna be sitting there like week one when I, whoever the hell the Panthers kicker is, is lining up for a game winning kick. Just like miss that shit, man. So <laughs> it's, hey, I think, I think, if, I think, I don't know if the Panthers are at home at week 18, but if they are, I think we got to go down to Carolina and the opposing <laughs> team's jerseys. It just starts screaming at the top of our lungs and try to disrupt the offense. Does anybody go to those games? I mean, we could probably get down pretty close. I mean, Bears fans do travel, right? So I mean, I think we could get that whole stadium packed. <laughs> Carolina. The week. Cardinals between their two first-round picks, have a combined 31% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Wow. It's tough to argue. Yeah, that. That, that, that one's tough. So. By the way, it's, it, this, gosh, this conference just sucks. It's Panthers-Bucks Week 18. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, is that conference, it's like... <laughs> Somebody's got to win that game. Right, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, like, well, the, that's the, the Panthers are the only one that seems to try. <laughs> the Panthers so. could win eight games on strength of schedule alone, so... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a long year in that regard, but, you know, man, something something to watch for. Thanks very much, guys, for uh, coming on the show. We'll uh, definitely have you guys on again before the the season starts. I'll uh, be watching uh, what what goes on down there. Oh, uh, what do you guys uh, since you guys are Chicagoans? What do you think about uh, Arlington Park or Arlington Heights? Pearson is actually yeah, he's been a, he's been a season ticket holder since he was out of the womb, so he's probably got a better opinion than I do. Oh, okay. I'm all for it. Uh, There wasn't anyone who had a better setup than myself. You know, my parents had a boat in Burnham Harbor, which is right off the stadium. Nice. Um, That tailgate was unbelievable. It's really hard to go from a boat to in the stadium and then back. I mean, it was awesome. But just getting to the stadium, as well as the Soldier Field itself, has to be one of the worst stadiums in the league. Um, Visiting other NFL stadiums is just unbelievably poor. Uh, and I'm all for Arlington Heights through and through. Build, build the Coliseum, build the entire, like, from what it sounds like, they want casinos, hotels, the whole shebang, transports. It, it's, and, and with Ken Warren being the new president, um, he's just going to do an unbelievable job, and I have pretty good faith that he will because he did the Vikings one. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited about it, too. I think, I mean, I, so I went to the Luke Combs concert at Soldier Field two weeks ago. And we had to, I mean, we were getting there. I think he was supposed to be on at 7 p.m. We were in our Uber at 3 p.m. And we were a mile and a half from the stadium, deadlock traffic. It just doesn't flow. It doesn't move. And we literally got out of our Uber and we walked the last <laughs> mile. 
And, uh, you know, it, it just shows how bad the infrastructure is there around Soldier Field. It's time to start fresh. I think they can do it right. And uh, me and Michael here are in the uh, construction industry, so it won't be too bad of a <laughs> thing for us to get involved in long term uh, for some sales. So I have read that um, it could be like 40,000 jobs or. Yeah. This could be a big, big economic opportunity for Chicago. I've, I've said on this show, my over under is 10 years. Just one year. Yeah. One year, I think 10 one year. years. Is, well, the lease doesn't even end until 2030. So but like when, they when can you break just, that, but even then, it's going to be a minute. It's just. I mean, the Dan Ryan and Eisenhower interchange, they started construction when I was in high school, and uh, I'm going to be 30, and they just finished it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you just said that, and now they're starting phase two. Yeah, now phase two just starts. Just when you when you're just dealing with everything you have to deal with when you're doing a project like this in Chicago, and then you involve another city. I'd like to think that that's a joke to say ten years, but it's not. We've all seen this story Ugh. before. <laughs> yeah, ten years and five times over budget. <laughs> Go Bears! Go Bears. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. This has been fun. Uh, Go Bears! Bye.